right, Tom. How are you doing? Yeah, lovely. Especially, especially after that. Oh, that was good, wasn't it? So we should say this is a podcast, so people can't see it. But you've got a really dodgy mustache. <laughs> really dodgy. <laughs> well, well, it's the season, but uh, yeah, because I, I actually grew one during November, and I thought hmm, it looks okay. But the thing is, I, I have a very it has a very ginger element to it, despite mm. my hair not being ginger. A bit like Lionel Messi. And I think that's yeah, where the... the jeans yeah. in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. My left foot is equally as devastating. Sweet. I've heard. Yeah, yeah. devastatingly terrible. But yeah. It's equally as devastating. i tell you whose left foot is pretty good. Anthony's. That was a sweet Ooh. finish, wasn't it? Oh, first time. What passed a man. into the corner. Yeah. I feel, I feel like he's been much maligned, actually, Anthony. I mean, he's, he's obviously been out injured. I don't think his performances were that bad. I mean, I think we expressed some frustrations with him that perhaps he wasn't the Finnish article, which is clearly not still. Mm-hmm. But there seems to be a prevailing narrative that he's terrible. Yeah. And I don't know where that's come from. But anyway, that was sweet as that finish. And it was a finish that was fitting for the occasion of a last 32 Europa playoff <laughs> Losers <laughs> final, <laughs> whatever we want to call it. It it is easy to get swept up in the moment, isn't it? Because you, going back, like seeing the draw today, because we're recording the day after here, and seeing some of the teams that United could get lined up with, it kind of brings you back down to 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 earth. Really, seeing oh, we might get Fenerbahce, we might get Fernandes in the next round, like. This it felt like a huge moment, and and I was watching like the highlights again this morning. That's yeah. actually like after the final whistle, and United fans are getting going wild and everything. And he, yeah, you do kind of stop to think that this is a last thirty-two of the Europa League. I know, and, and and it's great to get swept up in the moment. But yeah, just looking at the the rest of the Europa League draw here, it's kind of like okay, there's a long way to go in this competition, and there's a lot of rubbish to be in, there's a in, lot, in of, a lot rubbish. of respect there is yeah. a lot of rubbish in there yeah i mean i don't know that we have to pay them that much respect but yeah lots of crap it, it's mm. it could be another seven games to win this tournament and the finals in budapest i think yes so yeah there's a lot a lot i mean betis in the next round they're doing okay in la liga they are a dirty dirty team and so I think that's, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go into this in more detail later, I guess. So that would be the worry that they're going to kick the crap out of us. <laughs> so mm. very physical. Barcelona like- are not. But look, it was quality enough for a Champions League game, for sure. United versus yeah. Barcelona are two legs. Great entertainment, both games. And, and United just, just edged it. I mean, 4-3 would say it was close. I mean, I thought, like, on the balance of the amount of chances created over the two games, United well-worthy winners. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, Barcelona created 100%. hardly anything last night. Hardly anything. I mean, the penalty, there's a, the one that Lewandowski probably could have scored right at the end for unblocked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but what else? Not much. There was the one, it wasn't really, well, I think it wouldn't be counted on XG, but when De Gea gave it away just before half time, oh, Sergio yes. Roberto. Yeah. But again, like the, well, two of their three big chances that you just described there are mate of our own doing. Like yeah. the Bruno foul was, I think, soft, but completely needless. And then obviously De Gea giving the ball to them. At, at that moment as well, you're thinking a very experienced player here in De Gea has been obviously the, the longest serving United player out there. A minute before half time, after we had a 
pretty much a dreadful half. One of the worst halves I remember is actually playing uh-huh. in recent times. Like, come on, mate, just clear that. Get into the dressing room at nil nil at one nil down, then regroup. That really could have changed the game, to be honest. Oh god, but, it could have. But I mean, the, the weird thing with that one was that, I mean, it, look, they they're obviously trying to play out and. And De Gea is not comfortable with it, especially when he's under pressure. He's okay when he's not under pressure. But he doesn't always pick the simple sort of pass out to the fullback. But the weird thing about that one was he panicked and he just passed it straight out to where three Barcelona players. There wasn't a United player within like 20 yards of where he went. No, it was bizarre. And yeah, we Casemiro bailed us out of there, thankfully. I think yeah. they, well, they, they maneuvered to not really even create a shot from that first move like so Casemiro even blocked it before they even got the shot away but yeah that would have I mean I said they would have changed the tie I couldn't could I have seen us coming back from that yes but it would have been mightily difficult because it, it didn't look at that point as well like we were really cha- creating anything and it all changed at half time thankfully and Ten Hag is great at that changing things from the yeah. bench I mean, I, I remember, I'd have to go back and listen, but I remember thinking early in the season that I wasn't quite sure that he was getting the substitutes right. And that it's, a lot of it was like for like, and it felt a bit Ollie-like. Yeah. You know how Ollie wouldn't change things and then you just change like for like, and you're like, well, you're really changing the game here. Mm-hmm. But that's clearly not the case now. No. I mean, he, he, and he's talked about it. He's talked about changing things so the defence has a different question to ask they got to get too comfortable playing one way let's give them something else to think about sort of thing that wasn't the case last night it was just you know it wasn't working right it wasn't working through Sancho at number 10 and they just needed clearly needed to to up the intensity and change things around he just like how many coaches are of his level of picking what is happening in the game out finding a solution to it and executing it and he just seems to do it all of the time now. Yeah, that is such a huge quality to have as well. To not just be able to spot the spot how to change the game, but also having the the presence of mind to be able to do it, to carry out that execution in the game. Because we've all seen like the tactics bloggers and stuff be able to just carry to kind of pinpoint what's going wrong in in the game. But it's a different situation when you're the man on the sideline. You have to carry out that execution and you have to execute a a perfectly well-versed halftime team talk as well, which he does so often. I think I think the, the criticism maybe you could label at him is don't start the game in that way. I guess like it was it was a bold I'm not I'm not criticizing, but I'm just saying it was a bold move to play Sancho in that 10 role where we've seen yeah. him a couple of times and he's done well, but against Barcelona it's a different proposition. Also to play Veg course, I said on the podcast last week, I was like I couldn't understand why he would play Vegforce next week, especially when Anthony's on the bench. I guess maybe Anthony couldn't play 90, but I would have played Sabitzer and played Rashford as a nine. And nothing was working in that first half. And you could criticise him, I guess, a little bit for that. But the way he reacts in games is just is phenomenal. And and it's obviously something that Ollie could not do whatsoever. And Tenor right. is just so damn good at it. Yeah, he's proven himself to be completely transformational in, what, seven months at the club? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's fair. He hasn't won the silverware yet, with United, that is. And, obviously, it's a step up in terms of quality and size of task and quality of player from Ajax to United. And and so it's, it's it maybe is premature, but he's, he's proving himself to be one of the 
elite coaches. I mean, it's mm. what it feels like we're on that path now. It, Maybe that's from a chair. But, like, but it does. Understanding what's it happening does. in the game, making the changes, changing the game state as a result. And that's, that's very Pep-like. Yeah. Pep has his aneurysms now and again and picks a two, six, one, <laughs> two, whatever, telephone number of a formation. But he always seems to get it, oh, you know, almost always gets it right in terms of like understanding what's happening in the game and trying to make the changes to win the game. And Ten, Ten Hag does seem to have that quality. Yeah, and what I like about him as well is that he's not wedded to one style of play. That maybe become more of a, a thing as we we do we create more of an identity. But I'm I'm hoping that our identity comes in the form of two or three different styles of play rather than just one style. And it was kind of the case yesterday. Is in the second half we were so much more direct, like Anthony running in behind Rashford when he went as a nine running in behind Fred. Getting running in behind the the lines of the of the midfield, like we were able to change the game plan. And I thought when we were hiring Ten Hag that we were hiring this dogmatic Dutch coach, a little bit like Van Hal in a way, or Dutch coaches that have have come and gone in in the Premier League, like De Boer or something. I remember, I remember very specifically Miguel Delaney replying to a tweet after the Brentford game where someone said, this reminds me of De Boer, and he said, I can't help but think about it. And that stick stuck, it came out in my mind so much yesterday, thinking about how much everyone slagged Ten Hag off after that, those first two games. And we were all nervous, of course, but you see, like last night, he's, he's so much more than just wedded to one style of play. And that, that yeah. is such a benefit. I think Ancelotti also came out, I don't know if it was this week or, or recently, saying... I don't, I'm not wedded to a style of play and that's one of my strengths. And there's a lot of things you can criticise Ancelotti for, but he's, he's, he's so successful at what he does. And He's, I'm he's saying, won quite a few Champions Leagues with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying Ten Hag's the same, but I just like how he's pragmatic with his, with his formations. Yeah, and, and styles. you're nice to playing good football, but he is, you're right, he is definitely a pragmatist. I mean, I have to say myself, tongue-in-cheek, I think I called one of the early podcasts of the season they're at 10 games uh, <laughs> because i mean it felt like it. it it felt like it i mean not that i'd have any comment on his quality as a coach at that point because like it's really hard to say from afar looking at the not not watching the dutch league every week and not really understanding him as a coach at that point but but with ronaldo at the club knowing what mm. kind of stink he might create suspecting that that was going to happen the pressure not sure how the the players would bed in. I don't think we'd signed Casemiro at that point, or he hadn't, certainly hadn't played, had he? It felt, it felt, yeah, it felt bad, even mm. at the early point of the season. And and yeah, six months on from then, completely transformed. This is not a perfect United side, but it's definitely going places. And and you just really trust that he has an idea of what he that what he wants to get to, and you hope either the Glazers or whoever the new owners are, are on the same page there. We'll find out about that later. But uh, yeah, we're going places. Anyway, I guess I guess we should talk about the first half because it was pretty dreadful, wasn't it? <laughs> and it was. It, yeah, I mean, soft, soft pen. I mean, it was soft, but mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, don't pull someone back when they're running away from goal. Yeah. It's dumb, so mm-hmm. dumb. And then Lewandowski did his best to miss it. They've nearly got there. <clears throat> He's got 180 clean sheets or something. How many pens has he saved? 
three or something. So. It's so weird as well. I think I said on the pod before that I, what impresses me so much about De Gea is that he always gets big hands to saves. And he got a big hand to the to the penalty. But, did, but yeah. in this scenario, for whatever reason, he wasn't able to save it. it it's, yeah, it's, it's really weird that a shot stopper that's good can be so bad at saving penalties. Bizarre. His, re- his reflexes are great. He should just stand still, watch the ball and see where it's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if he did that, he would save 15% of penalties so they go straight down the middle or whatever it is, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Never yeah. do that, do they? They don't. I remember looking at this before. I think there's a, a Twitter handle that looks at all penalty stats and it's something like 5% are just rolled along the ground in the middle. Like, no one is brave enough. Hardly <laughs> anyone's brave enough to do that. Because no. you're just going to look like a total idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, really poor. Just United all were not fluid at all, giving the ball away constantly. Not that Barcelona had a load of chances. I mean, they had that, obviously, the pen, the De Gea kick out. That was the first half, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah, the last yeah. minutes of the yeah, yeah. first half. Yeah, but just the, the atmosphere felt flat as well. So yeah, I know there was a bit of noise before the game, but it's kind of, ugh, it's not happening kind of yeah. fight to it. It did feel like that because it started off raucous and then as the game went along, I guess that's credit to Barcelona for dampening the crowd, but it just felt they were playing really well, I thought, as well. like On the ball, they were good. Maybe United weren't pressing with the intensity. We weren't playing with intensity. I guess, I think Ten Hag said we, we, his mantra was like belief before the game and it didn't feel like we truly did believe in that first half. And they also, Vekos was terrible. I'm not saying like the whole performance was down to Veghorst, but I think he completed two passes in that first half, gave the ball away a lot, wasn't really doing anything. He presses yeah. like a cart horse. And yeah, bringing someone on like Anthony, and we've spoken about his inconsistencies, but he has so much going for him. One yeah. thing being pace and directness at times. Yeah. When he, when he, He's very when, direct, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like like I said, like there was balls that we could just put over the top and he changed the game well Ten Hag changed the game but Anthony was obviously a part of that yeah and yeah not having a not having a Veghorst as well in the second half I just don't understand why he started Veghorst like I said last week it didn't he could could just play Sabitzer as a 10 if he wanted to and then play Rashford but just in that first half we weren't running in behind in any respect that Barca was still playing high that we the high line that we spoke about but there was no one running in behind. So it was like, I don't understand really the tactic here. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to play Veghorst, you have to make sure that you do get those runners and you've got to believe that he's going to be able to control, turn, play people in. I mean, Ten Hag has talked about how important he is in the build-up. Not sure I entirely see it, but hey, Ten Hag is proving right in most things. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you did him a disservice, by the way, Veghorst. He made three passes. Oh, was it three? I'm Count very sorry. Three. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's like 33% of his passes that I missed there. I'm really sorry. Yeah, that's right. Three wow. out of seven. 43% pass completion I mean, rate. Just the fact that he's only made attempted seven passes is pretty poor. That's like that's like Haaland levels, but at least like Haaland's going to get you a goal maybe. Yeah. Vout doesn't look like he's going to be a world beater on the goals front. And, you know, <laughs> maybe something will click and then he'll... No. In that kind yeah. of game, it's like, what what is that man doing, really? Like, he's, he's well, really... Well, that's 
That's right, yeah. He's and, not and really especially there with for playing a high line. And, mm. and it just showed the second half. You, you're right, United were quite happy to, not like they were hoofing it up, no. but they were happy to move the ball from back to front very quickly and to find those passes into channels for Anthony, who more than once got beyond Balde, I think, run the wrong side of him. Mm. And sort of for Rashford. Rashford didn't have his best game, I'd say. No. And, but it's good that United can win without Rashford scoring the goals. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, it was it was a weird day for Rashford, really. It was like everything that's been coming off for him pretty much week in, week out just wasn't quite today. Like, well, I think they, they marshaled him fairly well. Like, there was a lot of times where he was cutting in and usually he was just beating men with, with ease. And he did do a few nice things. It's just, yeah, it was just one of those days for him. And then obviously the, the injury he picked up towards the end that was highlighted today in the press conference that it could be... Well, not rule him out, but they haven't said that it's definitely he's definitely going to be fine. Yeah, was there a clarification of what part of his foot it is? Because he was hobbling away after the mm, game. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, I, he got he got the knock, and it looked like he'd carried on for a bit, and then mm. and then he came off. So I'm going to assume it's not like his ankle or some kind of ligament problem in his ankle. Otherwise, there's no way he'd be yeah. carrying on. Maybe it's just a bruise on the top of the foot or something like that. Well, we'll see. I mean, obviously, they'll do everything to get him fit, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, and also, he's a he's a man who, as we've known, to his detriment in, in many months and years gone by, that he, he does play with injuries. And yeah. I think that, like I say, that has been to his detriment in, in previous times. But I think for Sunday, he will do all he can to play. And hopefully, I mean, the games don't get that much easier, actually, after after the Carling Cup final, but hopefully we can find a bit of time to rest, though the games just come thick and fast, don't they? I mean, there's just so many of them. <laughs> so, ha- so... I was hoping for Ferenc Farlos in the next round because it would be just an easy, like, nice little win, but Betis is just is tough and it's going to be another two tough games to add to the schedule. Yeah. they A word for some of the like standout players for United, Varane and Martinez. Just so good. And just ran pumping his fists at the end of the game. Lissandro Martinez stayed until like midnight after the game, taking pictures, <laughs> signing, signing autographs and stuff. I mean, those two phenomenal. Casemiro, mm-hmm. just I mean, in like him and Varane celebrating afterwards. There was a bit of Real Madrid Barca niggle in that one, wasn't there? You yeah, could, absolutely. You could feel it. Garnacho uh, apparently making fun of Pedri. I, I didn't quite understand the goggles thing he was doing, but I think Pedri um, did it, didn't he? Ah, uh, that... right. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. gone. Well, Garnacho is from Madrid, so is he? Is yes. he a Madrid fan? I guess he was at Atletico's mm-hmm. academy, right? Is yeah. Where we pinched him from. Yeah. yeah. I think all the players you mentioned there, I think Garnacho included, they're all winners, aren't they? Like Garnacho's got that kind of winning mentality about him, despite yeah. obviously not having won stuff. Like Martinez is just, yeah, it, it's just something else. And then Varane and Casemiro have been there and done it all. Like that, that those, I think the the three and Garnacho being a little bit of a different one, but those three in particular are just they had so much personality to this team. Like because you look at teams previous of, of United, I never felt they a lot of them had that winning mentality. Like despite someone like Pogba winning the World Cup like having Lukaku, a few lads from the academy, it didn't feel like we ever had that winning mentality. Harry Maguire. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of was... discussion about lack of leadership, wasn't there? It, and there was. Certainly lack of responsibility. There were, yeah, so. 100%. And like 
the, it's just kind of evidenced in the fact that we went one nil down last night, played terribly in the first half, but the belief's still there, the the, the calmness to yeah, we get we we can sort this out. We can yeah, we're not just going to lie down and take a three 0 defeat that previous teams would have done. We've got the belief in ourselves to go out there and and do it second half. And the the character of the team that we've spoken about so much is is yeah a lot. A lot down to Ten Hag, but a lot of down to just the individuals that we have in this team, which we do have a yeah. lot of winners, which is great. Yeah, and he talked about it afterwards. He, he, you know, he, talk, he talked about we have a lot of leaders, a lot of mm-hmm. characters, I think he might have said. So, I mean, obviously it really helps getting the goals straight away after halftime. Fred shinning one in with his right foot. Yeah. Fuck so, off, Fred was great again in that second half. He was half. really good. Yeah. So Ten Hag's asked him to run, make those third man runs, run beyond the ball. Yeah. And and that forward run was where he got the goal from. Following up, he he wouldn't have done that if he was being asked, and probably wouldn't have done that under previous management. But he wouldn't have done that no. if he was being asked to just be a double pivot. So they trust no. Casemiro to to do the defensive stuff, and and Fred's got a freer role there. As long as he's just not on the ball loads, if he's doing yeah. that and getting into good positions, he actually is not a bad finisher, is he? No, and he's he's mm. good at he's not he's not great at passing, but he's great at taking the ball forward. Like he's good at yeah. running with the ball and being direct with it. There was there's a couple of occasions down the left where he's beating men like he's a little bit of like a winger, and that's that's actually quite an an underrated skill, but also quite a lesser seen skill in centre midfielders who are able to take the ball forward. Frankie De Jong, as we saw in yeah. both games, is great at that, and he yeah, would be yeah. he would be the perfect person to sit by Casemiro he? because he's got. Has anyone thought at United whether he'd be like maybe interested in joining? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the scouts need to get onto that if see if it's a possibility because, like, he's got all the the ability of Fred to take the ball forward, but also all the, Passing the softness range, yeah. of touch. Like Ericsson yeah, is like yeah. the combination of two, and he's like perfect. Yes. Um, yeah. Put an inquiry no, in. Pro- see if progressive ball to... carrying is great, mm, Frankie De Jong. Yeah, really? He would be a, yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> we can't do that one. The other one who takes the ball, for, carries the ball a lot is Bellingham. Different different profile of player, but, but a, yeah, a good, you'd think a good blend with Casemiro. Anyway, yeah, yeah, De Jong was very good last night, I thought, especially in that first half where he was very, very dominant. And, yeah. Yeah. So, I thought Busquets uh, for them as well was, uh, was a huge... Because like, I didn't think that he would we still had the ability to play to that level, but in the first half, I thought he was immense, and I thought he was a kind of a difference maker, really, in that half. Mm-hmm. Just his, the way that he, like, it's almost like a silk glove of a of a foot that he can just pass with such instantaneous movement to just get out mm-hmm. of trouble is 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 such a huge skill. It's mm-hmm. like to say, what is he thirty six? He still can still do that. With, yeah, it's, it was kind of. A pleasure to watch, despite how annoying it was. <laughs> yeah, well, they've been Barcelona have been desperate to get rid of him, haven't they? Because mm-hmm. of his high wages, I think he's out of contract in the in the summer, and they, or they almost certainly won't renew it because they're they're still trying to manage their wage budget, which will be which will be fatter in the summer than it has been, but not completely because their revenues are quite a lot down because they've sold off all their revenues basically but yeah i mean it definitely was worrying and and arad araho at the back was like comfortable and dealing with anything Mm -hmm. for united he's a very good player obviously very good player i mean he played in the center he played on right back in the first game which was really weird Mm -hmm. back to his normal position mostly and and yeah i mean just they just looked very comfortable and then 
Fred comes out, scores the goal. Uh, I thought the Garnacho sub helped as well. Just mm-hmm. very, very direct, really pushing for it. Yeah. So, he, I mean, he was involved in the he was involved in the winner actually, wasn't he, Garnacho? He was uh, yeah. involved in the build up there. Had yeah. the shot that block, got blocked. Yeah, and and that's yeah. that's obviously one of the limitations of Sancho, which has been widely widely discussed. That he's not that direct. He obviously can bring a lot to the game. Like he was involved in the first goal, passing to Bruno, and then Bruno passed it into Fred. But yeah, when the game was clearly calling out for more directness, just because they just couldn't deal with it, and then we had it. All of a sudden, in all three positions of the front three, mm. with Garnacho being there as well, it was even after we we went two one up, he was just causing so many different problems. And and yeah, it's, it's super raw, but man, yeah, he's super excited. I think they both are that those two wingers, like Anthony, like like he said at the start, he gets a lot of criticism because of his inconsistency. But I think I think there's there's a certain patience you've got to have with those types of players because. Because they are so direct, they're going to give the ball away so much, aren't they? And they are going to be frustrating if if they, and but that's the braveness that comes with bit and the courage courageousness that comes with bit playing that type of role. That that having the kind of tenacity to go, okay, I've lost the ball last time, but I'm going to go for it again and try and get past him again because that's what my team need, and that that requires a different and i guess as ten hag said it requires character and and that those two have it in abundance loads of loads and loads of self-belief yeah and he's got six goals for us now anthony which is not a bad return no. so far this season well, he might get double figures this season that would be more than he's ever got before i think so he's 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 and just like the technique is there the pace maybe isn't which is interesting yeah. But I think if he, he starts making the right decisions in the, in the final third where he really need, really need him to make the right decisions, then he's going he's gonna to be a phenomenal player. I mean, the, the quality just to kind of stroke that first time with the ball rising, uh, it's, just, it's just a fabulous finish. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and you, like, I know we've, we've spoken about his age, that he's not 19, he's, he's a little bit older, but you think to, I think to someone like Salah, like Salah didn't really kind of reach his peak yeah. till he was 24, 25 or something. Right. And that was kind of going into to live because he was good at Roma, but he wasn't the levels that he was at Liverpool. And it's kind of you think that going into the league that he's in now under a great coach who clearly can get the best out of players, we could really see him rise to 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 levels that many didn't expect. Because who would have ever like I'm not saying just Salah, but say Sadio Mane, like two good great examples at Liverpool who like they went they had a lot of talent before but they went to levels that no one really yeah. expected them to go to yeah yeah that's right he'll get to showcase it at Real Betis in the next round Woo-hoo. and Woo. it, it, it'd be interesting thinking about unless you've got more to say about last night's game but thinking ahead to Sunday's game be interesting to see whether he starts mm-hmm. or not Anthony whether Ten Hag thinks he's fit enough yet coming back back from that injury because he is very direct be interesting the kind of game I mean they're, they're kind of niggly Newcastle they mm-hmm. break up the game a lot I, I think Ten Hag said in the press conference today that they their games average the least amount of minutes of ball in play mm-hmm. in the Premier League and and it's about right, tactical fouling, slowing stuff down, spoiling the game. They're Atletico without the talent, yeah. as someone said on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> New Atletico. And yeah. 
<laughs> you classic. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> About as bad as my turf. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. But look, the, the other thing to think about now, United have got 19 goals from substitutes this season, is, is this idea that, sure, you want your best players on the pitch, but sometimes having your best players on the pitch in the last 20 minutes when the opposition is tired is the best time to have your best players on the pitch. Yeah. And that's a perfectly legitimate way of thinking. Yeah, and I, I was thinking this last night that I don't think this was the case, but I was thinking, say Ten Hag wanted to play that style of football in the first half and then wanted to play a really direct style of football in the second half, that tactic would work superbly well because the team that you're playing against will have no idea that you're going to come out in the second half playing a completely different style of football. And they're going to be so taken aback by it. Like the manager is going to have to react straight away on the pitch. Like players are going to have to get instructions and try and work out what's going on on the pitch themselves in a lot of cases. And that is something that I don't, I don't know if it's like in that game last night, I don't think at all it was, it was the, the idea to play that, one style of football and first half was play a different style of football in the second half. But the way that we are able to adapt and do that to teams makes us so dangerous that we can just switch it half halfway through a half and just play a different style of football and it completely bamboozles teams. Like in a similar way to what we did against Leeds when we were really quite struggling to get a foothold in that second half. We just switched it up and played Sancho off the left in a different style to to way Garnacho was playing before that and it, it's yeah it's, it's such a strength that we have these different types of players in the different types of positions that we do have because mm. there's not many like you, you look at the players who play in different the different types of positions across the front five front three so many of those players are different types which is it's different to, I guess, a lot of teams where you kind of bring in a player and it's got like for like. But yeah, we have so many different types of qualities, which is actually probably a case that uh, a bad thing that's, that was inherited from our wild and speculative transfer policy. But it's actually almost like a benefit in some regards. Let's not start giving Edward Wood credit. He'll make a comeback or something awful like that <laughs> but, yeah. yeah by his disaster no, well, ten, in the squad, yeah. ten hogs yeah. turned like a disaster into a bit of a positive in some respects i think but yeah it would be yeah. it would be nice if we had a coherent transfer strategy as well moving on to sunday then i can't pick what the team's going to be it's really hard mm. one to work it out i mean i mean once again i'd probably say hey i probably wouldn't select Valt course but he selected <laughs> every single game so like clearly clearly he's probably going to play newcastle gone off the boil a little bit which is good yeah. isn't it they they i and the the thing that's really kept them going this season has been their defense they've just been really really tight and they didn't look that secure against liverpool did they no and it was kind of interesting that they, yeah, few injuries. Joe Linton's injured. That's a big one. Yeah. Willock's injured. They've both been playing in midfields. Might have upset the balance a little bit. And of course, the big one is Pope being out. Mm. And it's not just from a, it's the fact that he's a good goalkeeper, but he's also very important in their build up play. He's very comfortable with, with the ball at his feet. Waste. And I don't think loves the time waste. They're very, very good at time wasting <sighs> and ruining games. Loris Carrius, on the other hand, not so comfortable with the ball at his feet, so we might have seen or, in a 
<laughs> or yeah, in his or, hands. Or in his hands, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Ian Ladyman in the Mail on Mail, Mail on Sunday, you know, Daily Mail wrote this opinion piece saying, you, you wouldn't be human if you, you didn't wish carry us well. I'm like, he was in City's Academy and then played for Liverpool and is now playing for Saudi <laughs> FC. I wish all the misery in the world on him. Professional misery. Yeah, professional misery. Oh, God. I mean, there was, there was part of me delighted to, to see that he was the backup goalkeeper. But then there's, there's just that always that fear with, with when a story appears that you like, oh, man, he's not going to be the saviour, is he? Because that would just be yeah, horrible. He's going to have an absolute worldie, isn't he? <laughs> It goes against all logical sense for him to have a worldie because he's not played a competitive game in like two. I think he played like 45 minutes against a, a Saudi team in a friendly for them about three or four months ago. I didn't even know he was there actually until until Pope no, got no, sent no, off the other day. Yeah, but... And by the way, one of the most hilarious sendings off. Oh my God. <laughs> for, and then he's For many a year. It was great. Gary Lineker coming out on Match of the Day saying that he should... Let him play. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah, they have gone off the boil recently, haven't they? But Bruno Guimaraes, I think, was the big reason for that. Obviously, he got sent off in the semi-final, second leg. Yeah. And missed three games. So that, that was huge. And they've obviously got him back, unfortunately, for Sunday. It's going to be tough. It's, I, I don't know what side is our best one. I think our best side is a team without foul course in it. But that's my opinion. And a man much smarter than me probably disagrees with that uh, in, in Ten Hag. So... I wouldn't. I'm not going to be screaming at the TV if if I see Falvegos is starting, but I will be thinking in my head, why, why, why? I think I don't think it'll be. I think it would just. It makes sense in my head to play Sancho on the left and Anthony on the right, and then Rashford through the middle. But like you say, is is Anthony going to be fit enough for that? He didn't look mm-hmm. like a man who'd been injured last night in any respect. But obviously, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a little bit different going from that Thursday to the to the Sunday. And we're obviously hoping that Rashford's going to be fit enough. And yeah, it's interesting that Sabitzer didn't get on last night. Maybe that means he's not that trusted by Ten Hag. I, I don't know. It's maybe it's, That's just a theory I'm thinking. But it's it, yeah, it's interesting. And, and I guess maybe he's not going to start on Sunday either. Or maybe or, may, or, or he was saving him for Sunday, but I don't, I don't think he would. Yeah, it's interesting though with Sabitzer. Yeah, I mean, he obviously... Obviously, tried to play, tried to perform a knee operation on about Vice uh, Leicester the other day with his studs, which was yeah. I, I think I maybe gave him too much credit in last week's pod. Said he tried to pull out. You watch it again. It's like mm, uh, maybe <laughs> yeah. it's not great. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess you lean towards Fred because he had a good game last mm-hmm. night, uh, and and I expect United will have more of the ball than they did against Barcelona. And that Newcastle do play quite a deep defensive line. I mean, neither Botman or Shah are particularly quick. I mean, both good defenders. Botman's had an excellent season. Mm-hmm. He's a good, he's a good player, but he's not, he's not super quick. And so they do play a, a slightly deeper line. You know, to have a lot of the ball. Probably you want someone breaking ahead of it. Then in that case, which which Sabitzer won't do in the same way as Fred would. So maybe that leads towards him. They, like Rashford won't have the same space behind for sure. Yeah. But then again, big course playing up there or at number ten or wherever he plays, he's just going to come across. Like he's going to be going to love playing against him. He's not going to cause them any problems, is he? No. It, it, so in the same respect, I said last Thursday that I don't see why you would play without Fred Cost 
maybe ever, but definitely not against Barcelona. I don't see why you would play him on Sunday either because it's not like we haven't got any options now. And I think just, I think even if you do play like Sabitzer as a 10, which I don't think he'd be that great at, but he just, he's better on the ball and he's got better balance. Like he's, he's, he's weirdly stronger because he has better balance. And I don't, he's, he's not, He's not the best player in the world, but I've I've been quietly impressed by what I've seen so far from Sabitzer. To be fair, and I I, yeah. I like I like what I've seen. I also think that he'd be probably a decent twenty million pound option as a squad player. From what we've seen so far, he's tenacious. He's he's got a great range of passing, sure. great great ball to Shaw for that goal against Leeds. Um, and I think he's cleaner on the, in possession as well. He's certainly cleaner, oh, he's definitely in, possession cleaner in possession than yeah. Fred as well. Yeah. So like, I, I like what I've seen. So. I I would maybe lean towards him ahead of Fred because of his cleanliness on the ball if we're going to have a lot of possession. But obviously yeah. Fred's played two excellent, well, probably three excellent games. I think, did he get man the match on Sunday or was that the week before? He did. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe the week before. But yeah. he's obviously been in great form, so you can't can't begrudge yeah. him to start. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I guess that that's, that's one decision. Fake horse is one decision. Like, how do you get Anthony, Sancho, Garnacho, Rashford, Vegor, mm-hmm. San Bruno all into the team. You don't. So, like, two, I mean, I guess Garnacho will be on the bench as an impact player. If Vegor plays and Anthony plays, Sancho doesn't, basically. So, and Bruno moves back into the center. So, was, that's the other decision. And then right back to the other one. I mean, he brought Dallow on after about an hour last night, I, I guess, just because he's just a bit more like. He's he'll, he's willing to push forward just a bit more. Not that his numbers really show that he's particularly like adding lots of assists and and ball progression this season. But at least has that instinct. So that'll be an interesting discussion, especially against Dan Burney, who isn't exactly going to mm-hmm. be charging forward down the left hand side. So uh, you know, interesting question. I mean, the other thing, the other kind of. Um, Reason for playing Anthony, of course, he's very good defensively. Yeah. Trippier is having an excellent season and really does put in a lot of, gets into the right positions, put a lot of ball in, supporting Shaw and the defensive side of things. Actually, I'm paying, supporting, not supporting Shaw, supporting Dallow uh, yeah. in the defensive side or, or Wan-Pazaka in the defensive side of things might be important. Yeah, and I think that's what Garnacho did. Maybe terribly is the wrong word, but he did poorly last night. Like he, he almost like looked like he burned himself out quite early last night. I, mean, I don't know if it, that cl- clobber to the face from Busquets like upset him a little bit, but his work getting back was quite poor for a man who came on with half an hour to go, and and that's just something that he really does lack at the moment. And I guess it's kind of understandable with someone so young, but it was a little bit frustrating. I remember there was one particular ball that went out to to their right back at one point. I can't remember who. And it might not have been the right, but, but whoever was on the right-hand side. And the ball, I thought, was going out of play because Garnacho was kind of just ambling backwards. But he got it and then put a, like a cross in almost unchallenged. I was like, what are you doing, Garnacho? Like, and and I think, yeah, for a game like this, I can't, I can't see Ten Hag taking that defensive risk, really. And he's also just a great option to have off the bench at this stage in his career. Like he's, he's super direct and super effective. And with half an hour to go, the last thing you want as a defender is probably, I know that's such a, such a cliche. I'm really sorry. But it's, <laughs> it's true. The last thing you want is some young, ferocious, tenacious lad to come on and, and burn you on the outside. Yeah. Well, exactly. Dan, Dan Has Burnie. he signed that contract yet? There was, there were some reports that 
it's it's almost agreed. Close, I think, so. isn't it? Well, that's what they say. Yeah. Not going to believe it until Richard Arnold's out there with his <laughs> big shit eating grin and a contract and a pen. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, sign him up quickly, please. Thank yes, you. please. And Rashford. By that, well, that yeah, might stop his true. Rashford's amazing form. Is that partly to do with the contract? <laughs> yeah, let's wait till the end of the season, please, shall we? Uh, yeah. it's, it's interesting that the narrative around Rashford's contract completely changed from six months. <laughs> yeah, they, they might have been like, hmm, well, you know, we've shown you a lot of loyalty. <laughs> <Yeah. let's... laughs> but now he's, he's rightly going to be able to demand some very big numbers. Mm, very... Or there'll be interest from the parties that have expressed interest before, Barcelona and Paris Saint-Germain. There's no secret about that. Paris Saint-Germain sporting director who spoke around about it. Mm. So, yeah. All right. You got predictions for Sunday? <sighs> there's, there's a part, and I've, I'm mates with a couple of Geordies, and I'm, I'm really nervous about this game. I hate Newcastle. Give me so. five bellies. <laughs> it's not him, no. Did they ever wear shirts in, in Geordie land? No, no, no. no ever? No, I've, I've never... They just don't sell shirts, do no, they? No, 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 That's the policy at school as well. Like, the school uniform is shirtless, so... It's yeah, it's just kind of the thing that happens up there. I think, I think we'll win. I think on 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 Sunday when I see the teams <clears throat> and realize how much better we are than them, and how much belief this team has at the moment, and how much of a winning mentality these guys have. I think I, I think we'll win two or three nil. I think we'll blow them away. Oh, oh. No one ever blows Newcastle away, but I mean the Liverpool win the other the other week was probably the most comfortable victory I've seen against them. They've only lost twice in the league. This and season. Liverpool are rubbish. They're I know, rubbish. like they got a man. They almost had us convinced they were back they, for a second. They there, did. Didn't they? Like and and Liverpool and Newcastle obviously have that man sent off, but they were two 0 down when they had that man sent off. Like Liverpool yeah. are rubbish, and they they beat Newcastle away from home. Like. The, Newcastle are very good defensively. They've got some threats going forward. But in my opinion, oh, fuck, this is going to come back to hurt me, isn't it? I'm just thinking, when I was when I just heard myself saying that then, I was like, God, you're going to sound like such a twat <laughs> if we lose this. But but the, the, they are they're riding momentum rather than riding quality so far. And yeah. I, think, I think a team like United, who are also going forward with a lot of momentum we also have the quality to, to and quality. Beat New, yeah to beat newcastle on sunday yeah. i think so what you're saying is newcastle are rubbish we're going to blow them away we want to see some geordie kids shirtless geordie kids crying absolutely at the end of, at the, end of the match yeah nothing make, nothing will make me happier actually oh children crying is magnificent <laughs> isn't it <God. laughs> at football, at football. <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we win. I, I have to say, I'm not that confident about how like the margin of victory. I, I, they're just so tight. They've mm. conceded like 15 goals in the league this season. They just don't concede many. It's true. And Pope being out may be a big difference. I mean, he really is like a real sense of security there. We'll see. I mean, I don't want to be cruel, but I do. Just sticking a few crosses early doors mm. <laughs> to see if Carriers can deal with it. Just yeah, make him do something. Let's see how nervous he's gonna be nervous. Oh, he's gonna be nervous. hundred percent. He's he's like I say, he's not played football in two and a half years. Like you can say anything you want to the man, but once he gets out on that pitch and there's ninety thousand people there, like he's gonna be thinking of where was it? Where they where he dropped those clangers for uh, for Liverpool? Istanbul, was, that, was it? Maybe oh, uh, no. 
No, I can't remember. Kiev? Was in Kiev? God, I don't, I don't really. Well, he's going really to be thinking. He's going to be thinking about that final. One hundred percent. He is, and he's not played a lot of football. No, I mean he, he played a few games at Union Berlin last season, <laughs> and but before that, it was when he was a big Besiktas. So it's uh, yeah, he's 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 not played a lot of football, and it's a big cup final, and everyone's talking about him. As as every Sunday yeah. league manager would say when they realise that the the other team's goalkeeper hasn't turned up, test him early. And that's what it feels like a little bit on Sunday. Like the goalkeeper's not turned up and you've had to put Laurie's carry single. Oh, God, I'm saying stuff that's going to come back to haunt me. I'm really sorry. Yeah, on the, the Talk of the Devils podcast, Andy Misson joked that we were going to get beaten by Betis in the next round. That was before the draw had taken oh, wow. place. Absolutely jinxed it, Misson. <laughs> yeah. Disgusting, disgusting stuff. And you should apologise right now. It's such a it's such a ridiculous so. notion, jinxing. But it just feels it feels like it's just a thing that hundred percent exists. That look, someone will have got a grant, some research university somewhere, to have done a paper on jinxing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. <laughs> anyway, let's not jinx it anymore. <laughs> We're going to win. Enjoy. Everyone's going. I'm not going. It. I'm going to be on a plane. This is like. Of all the matches and of all the weeks, I just did not plan it through when I bought the tickets. Does it? Do they have Wi-Fi on the plane? They do, yeah. And I will be on the Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, some of it, some of it's really good on some planes. Yeah, not. I don't know about the transatlantic ones, but be a story to tell. You could say where you were when United won, flying over yeah. Greenland. No, I'd much rather have been at Wembley. Well, that's true. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, yeah, probably better than flying over Greenland. No offense to any people from Greenland listening. A flying tin can mm-hmm. filled filled with explosives. It's <laughs> <laughs> just basically what a plane. Yeah, is, I don't think it? about that when you're on there. Though. Fifty tons of fuel and two two millimeters of aluminium. <laughs> anyway, everyone who's going, enjoy it. It was really good atmosphere at Old Trafford last night. Eventually. Mm. And I, I'm sure they'll. It'll be a great atmosphere at Wembley because Newcastle haven't been in the final for donkey's years. Not since I don't think since we beat them in 1999. I think it was, right? yeah. Repeat if that would. They haven't won a trophy that counts since 1955. I mean, unless you count the Fairs Cup, which no, no one does. I think they beat Fairs Varus in the final as well. Or was it Oupest? One or two. Yeah. Oupest. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, there, there'll be plenty of Newcastle fans. Lots of Reds, of course. Yeah. Good luck, lads. <laughs> If you like the show, the way you can support us best is by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And it really doesn't matter what you say in that review either. You can say you'd rather we talked about Manchester City and Liverpool. Just hit those five stars. Many thanks.